It's August 5th, 2021. This is Rook. like wine and cheese or weddings and excess or rock guitars and distortion pedals there are some things that just go together for better and for worse and persians and cars surely fall into that category but it's not just owning a car it's the brand the price the status the ability to show it off that means everything to iranians why how when did that happen today two very popular experts on cars and being persian vahid amiri Muradam of cars i have driven and ali behradi of the very popular Garage Behradi channel to discuss all things auto and obsession. Plus, we have a new edition of It's All Persian to Us. This is stories from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 133 of Rook. Sadosiose, Kian. That's a. Wow, I actually did teaching not you the know numbers. that. That's the numbers <laughs> in Persian. You are such a smart person. Sadosiose. Not siyasat. Round of applause, everybody. Hope you are keeping well wherever you are tuning in from around the world. Salam du son aziz, durud. One more time for the yes, well, I'm just making sure you understand the numbers. No, one more time. Hello, the fabulous Keon. Hi, Gian. Hello. <laughs> hi. Hello, <laughs> hello Gravishaya. Hi, hi. And hello, Captain Reza. Hello, sir. Uh, cars, cars, cars. Machine. Automobile. Dige. Automobile. BMW. BMW. It's like an Iranian version of uh, cocaine. Yeah. The way we carry on about cars. Actually, cocaine is the Iranian version of cocaine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> these days. <laughs> but uh, not that, uh, you know, but. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Would but, you like to discuss cocaine some more? <laughs> I, I really, no, I believe it or not, I'm Can't pretty zero to tolerance to right now. But, but, you know, it is popular, but not as popular as that's cars. Right. That's, that's right. Let's face it. What is it with, why are Iranians so into cars? Why it is, is it always the BMWs, the Mercedes? How are we different from non-Iranians when it comes to cars? And is, is this all a myth? Are Persians actually not that into cars? No, that's bullshit. They're, yeah, they're, they're into cars. I was like, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you even? Vahid Amiri Mokadam, which who already wins the prize for <laughs> longest unnecessary name. Uh, uh, Vahid Amiri Mokadam. Say that, Kian. Vahid Amiri Mokadam. Amiri. Amiri Mokadam. And you got to get go. the Komeshi. Uh, Amiri Amiri Mokadam. Okay, you're moving on. <laughs> He's in Montreal. Uh, he's got this really popular site called uh, Cars I Have Driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ali Behradi, who's in Houston, Texas, who has Garage Behradi, which is also mm-hmm. a popular site. They're going to both be on the line at the same time so we can explore this question of, uh, of Persians and cars. Now, I know, you know, I'm going to talk about this when I do the interview, but I, I'm not, I've never been 
uh, a car guy in terms of it being a a, a way to demonstrate status mm. or you know in that sort of traditional Persian way I like my British Mini Coopers you know uh, and that's what I've stuck with uh, different <laughs> versions of them the the convertible the countryman the whatever uh, but that's what I stick yeah. with I had a BMW for I gotta tell these guys when they're on I had a BMW for a week once uh, yeah and in that week my parents took pictures of it with me <laughs> and they sent it to all the relatives and stuff like and then I, I gave it back I just Boy. couldn't it just wasn't me uh, it why? just wasn't I doesn't it didn't you don't like the attention I I didn't it just didn't feel like an ex, you know it's like wearing a shirt that doesn't feel like you like oh. it just wasn't my vibe you know okay. not that there's anything wrong with it <laughs> BMWs cocaine do what you will <laughs> you Persians not my thing but uh, but but you know I mean I get it they're, they're, they can be beautiful cars I like you know nice like I like Audis for example I don't think that's on the list of things that Persians like it's BMW or Mercedes Mercedes yeah <laughs> like it. a 1970s idea of what uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> a good car. But anyway, now I know that uh, Groovy Shia, uh, who's um, uh, looking more and more like uh, like Plato with each... Uh, Socrates. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, if he wasn't, if it wasn't uh, Moses, Musa. He looks like Musa. But he looks like Isa and Musa, both of them at once. He's got the beard that's long. It's gray now. I mean, it, I don't even know when it when did it become gray. It was not so with, gray. You know, it happens over time. One gets wiser. <laughs> it, it, that, that time being a month. I mean, it, like, he's walking around in robes. Anyway, I'm guessing Shia Jun, mm -hmm. uh, our fabulous, talented uh, Shia, uh, the man behind Dang Show uh, and and some great uh, musical creations, etc. The artist. I'm guessing. Guessing cars are not that big a deal to you. No, never. It's right. Always, yeah. So now I so I knew that. Okay. I knew. That. Now Reza, uh -huh. Captain Reza, a captain, but that's more of a nautical term. You know, he's like a captain of boats and and the navy. You know, yes. he's not. It's not a you know nothing to do with cars. Now Captain Reza, I'm guessing. See, I'm guessing you're going to tell us you're not that into cars, mm -hmm. but you did a series about cars. That's right. Right? Which yeah. you directed, I think. Yeah, I produced it. I not only that, but it. what kind of car do you drive, Reza? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy who carries uh, on, like, oh, uh, I don't make enough money here. How, yeah. What kind of car do you drive? Well, I drive a Mercedes. Right, right. C300. Right. Just oh, even the, the C3, whatever. No, I, don't, I don't know yeah. these it's things. It's not that big of a deal. Now, like key, a key on the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I don't know what kind of car you drive. I don't care for cars. Oh. I, I like it doesn't it, maybe because I'm a bad driver. It's just, uh -huh. I prefer being driven to be quite honest. Ah, right. Yeah. When your butler drives you, do you <laughs> do they have a certain kind of car that you want them to drive? It doesn't matter as long as there's air conditioning. <laughs> no, really, I don't. I don't get the appeal. Like why you prefer any any kind of limousine is okay with you. It doesn't have to be a certain brand. <laughs> Uh, no, Uber. you you really don't care about uh, the brand of your car. No, so. I don't. I mean, I drive a Volkswagen. It's um, a Volkswagen it's, uh, that was picked by my brother. He's oh. like, oh, it's a good. It's car. an SUV it's though. An I've seen her drive yeah, a Volkswagen. Yeah. I like Volkswagen. Price wise, it's worth as much as my car does. So don't worry about it. But She's still, but, I, but, but but Reza, you really you're someone who claims to not yeah. buy into the no, the tropes and stereotypes yeah. of being Persian. Yeah. Why do you drive a Mercedes? Yeah, I got it for my girl. <laughs> I'm not joking. It didn't make zero. What, 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 you mean you got it? 
you didn't buy it for her. You no, bought no, it to I please bought her. It to please her. Because yeah. she's like, you're embarrassing me. You I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. get into your shitty Honda. I wanted to get a Lexus. Believe it or oh, not, oh, I wanted okay. to get a Lexus. You wanted to go down market to a Lexus. <laughs> so what you're this saying? This conversation is. I mean, there are people listening to this right now, who don't, who can't afford these things. Uh, and yeah. I thought you were one of them. Yeah, I, I used but to you're, be. I'm doing pretty well right now. All right, yeah. You make some good films. That's so what you're saying is you're whipped by your girlfriend. So you appease. But that's not the subject of the show. The subject of the today's show is cars and Persians. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice save there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you got it for your. Like he says, That's I got so it for funny. my girl. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, I thought first the impression is, oh, he bought her a car. What? Are you he bought himself <laughs> a car to please yeah, her, so that. Right. So, yeah, so what happens? Oh, see, I thought it was bad enough with my family. Meaning, you can't, you can't oh, come to no. pick up your. Now I know your girlfriend, wonderful person, yeah. but you can't, you couldn't pick her up in a in a Honda. No, that's that doesn't. <laughs> you know that what doesn't. I heard? See, actually, I would wonder. Why? <laughs> well, I would wonder. You know, what, I mean, do you really want to be with someone who judges? You see, I thought about it, and it was an evaluation process. She's got so many other fantastic qualities that uh, this I let this one slide. Because I I remember Compromise. once buying a very quirky uh, colored. Uh, Actually, before I bought the Mini Coopers, I had a Volkswagen, uh, and because uh, I change cars very often, because mm-hmm. I like to always have something different, and, and so I leased them and whatever. And I had a, it was a very very quirky colored mm-hmm. Volkswagen, which I would end up calling a uh, little Dijon, Gion <laughs> and little Dijon <laughs> driving around. Too bad Oogie wasn't around at the time. You know? And I remember agonizing about this because some friend of mine had sort of shamed me. You're really going to buy that? You know, you're never going to get a date in your whole life and all that. <laughs> and then I remember talking to my sister and her going, you really want to buy a, 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 Are you saying yeah. that isn't this a good way to judge who actually really likes mm. you, who cares about you? Yeah. If you pull up in a car and someone's, it's not a good enough car for someone, yeah. you want to be with that person? Yeah. I, I'd say most Persians would probably like they wouldn't date someone that doesn't <laughs> that, had, I mean, the, that had little Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as my brother who just got back from Iran uh, a few months ago was saying that, and it was his first time in 10 years, he was saying that because there's no clubs or bars or restaurants, girls walk the streets and basically look for the nicest cars and then they exchange numbers that way. Like that's wow. their club. That's interesting. We are talking about a certain elite here who can mm. afford these cars, mm. but I will say, and I want to bring this up with Vahid and Ali Behradi, um, I know someone who actually I know more than one person, but somebody who isn't doing that well financially, but put all of her money into getting a fancy car that's because that's you know she just doesn't invite anybody over to her mm. small tiny apartment and like they see the car and they go oh yeah. look how successful she is I mean it's a very strange culture and that is not it's not like other cultures or people are immune to that kind of thinking mm-hmm. but it's really a particular thing with Persians that yeah. uh, or maybe it's an immigrant thing anyway we'll, we'll ask the experts about that uh, we are coming to you on rookmedia.com it is there that you can link to all of our platforms we're on an ongoing mission to build a new audio visual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity uh, we're coming to you on Spotify SoundCloud Apple Podcasts Instagram CastBox and Telegram if you'd like to see some visuals with Rook Switch over to YouTube right now, uh, or Instagram for that matter, uh, at Rook Media is the handle. And if you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in English and also in Persian, our Telegram channel is our bilingual channel that has Persian writing. Hey, we really appreciate it if you guys become uh, patrons of our program. 
So you can go to rookmedia.com. That's the website that uh, has it all there. All of our episodes, our guests, our Rook Funnies, our Rook Reads, all of them are there at rookmedia.com. And there's a button on the top right-hand side that says support us. You can become a patron for five or ten bucks a month or more. And um, that uh, helps us crowdsource this show and and keep it going. So uh, rookmedia.com. Speaking of which, a shout-out to Arash and Anita Fazalipur. Love these two. They are life partners and business partners. They are the founders of MyTerms.ca. MyTerms.ca. This is a mortgage company in Ontario, Canada. Uh, They're both born in Iran but grew up in Canada and the States. They decided to go into business and life together almost 20 years ago. And they have a really good record with MyTerms.ca focusing on the service aspect of the mortgage business. They are very well reviewed online. They make it a big priority as well to give back to the Persian community as well. And they're helping make this uh, episode of Rook possible. Arashen Anita Fazalipur, myterms.ca. I have no idea what kind of car they drive. Kino. Oh, you should ask. Yeah. Should I? I don't know. <laughs> it's not enough that they're good at mortgages and helping people. Uh, myterms.ca. As well, a big thank you to Arash, another Arash, Arash Behzadi, for helping to make this episode of Rook possible. Uh, Arash has an entrepreneur business side, but these days he's better known as a pioneer in piano yoga. He's played piano for 30 years, but more seriously in the last decade, recording, composing, collaborating with other artists. He's a yogi and has practiced yoga for many years and feels piano music can make the yoga practice go deeper. So he does piano yoga, the soul and vibrations of the music, plays intuitive piano, all about improvisation and energy during yoga classes and festivals around the world, Bali, Dubai, Turkey, Canada, Italy. His new album is called Soul to Soul, available on all platforms. A good place to find him is on Spotify at Arash Piano. That's also, I believe, his Instagram. Arash. That's yeah, Arash Piano. Piano. Yeah, Arash Piano. Obviously, we'll link to that uh, in the descriptions. Check out Arash Behzadi, and a big thank you to him for helping to make this episode of uh, Rook possible. You know, I heard, I should know this, but I heard that Arash Behzadi, when he was in Iran, used to write about cars. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. He has some wow. connection to cars, which might be why he. I know he's a yoga piano person. Yeah, like yeah, peaceful guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe he drives well, a Mini Cooper or something. Last yes, day, that's right. I've seen him with a. Uh, anyway, good for him. Huh, uh, okay. He's. Uh, He's released himself of the chains that Reza uh, apparently uh, is bound by in the, the Mercedes. All love and respect to people, by the way. It's like insulting Musa and Isa. <laughs> you have to th- say yeah. a respect to people who have the BMW yeah. and the Mercedes. I love you. Happy to be driven by you, but uh, you know, not I mean, all of us have those cars. I mean, a team member of drives one. I'm driving one, and it's fine to, to, to right. each his own. Right, right. Uh, have you ever heard of Fulek Skurbagayi? What? Hmm. Volkswagen, um, the old, old, old Volkswagen. Oh, the the like the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beatles. yeah we call it Fulex <laughs> Say say it again a bit slower. Fulex. Fulex. Which is Volks. Uh huh. Urbagei. Like frog, frog. Oh, because it looks like a frog, and we call it Fulex Urbagei. That's very nice. Yeah. Shia with the Thank you, Shia. <laughs> the nuances. The, the mo- more you know. The Incredible. momentum stalls again. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the frog? <laughs> uh, hey, in the coming days on Rook, so for the month of August, we're doing some special themed Rook shows. 
Next Monday, the champions, Keon, the mm. champions. Fadi Nazalari, Nassim Varaster, Afsun Johnston. Wow. Three Iranian women who've all been champions in sport. That's Monday. Thursday next week, the broadcasters, Shali Zomorodi, Homa Sarshar, Pune Kudusi. Boom. Powerhouses. Uh, the following Monday, the Screen Gems, Shiva Negara, Mandana Karimi, and Nekar Zadegon. Uh, this is all through August. We're doing special themed Rook shows. Stick around for that in the coming days on Rook. Uh, we have an It's All Persian to Us today. Yes, You know, we between do. your trips to uh, uh, various Caribbean countries, <laughs> yes, Caribbean. It, it, it could never, I never know when there's going to be an. It used to be in the old days, Captain Reza. <laughs> yeah. We could count on it's, it's an All Persian to Us. You know, right. it was a. All Persian to Us was becoming a popular segment that the kids waited for. <laughs> Almost you know. a recurring uh, segment. That's right. Uh, well, it was a recurring segment, actually. And now, I mean, I think we've done it twice in the last, you know, <laughs> six weeks. And, and I now sheepishly, I bring it up to I'm I, with one eye cocked, you know, I sort of, um, will there be an It's All Persian to Us today? And. She's like, no, I'm in Trinidad. No, <laughs> I'm, in Trinidad. I'm tanning right now. All right, I'll never go on vacation again. How's that? Can I ask you a question about yes. last week, by sure, the way? Sure, go ahead. Why, when you were tanning and yes, all that, yes. why, I, I couldn't, something I couldn't understand. I wasn't able to message you, or you seemingly yeah. were not getting the messages, and yet you were posting pictures and on, stories. Like crazy I, yeah, I even tried messaging on Instagram where you were posting pictures of yourself. I know. And yet somehow the messages weren't getting delivered. It's delayed, you know, it's the distance. The distance, <laughs> the messages <laughs> get delayed, you know, and uh, it's just how it is, Gian. <laughs> Go back to your BMW or whatever you drive. Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> I love Keon's response. I don't care about which car brand to drive as long as someone else is driving. driving. I'm fine. <laughs> but it's true. It's a hazard. I, I'm not a good driver. Uh, why are you not a good driver? I don't driver? know. Some people can't drive. Some people can. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that You know, Achaya, do you drive at all? Do you have a license? I don't. I can't imagine you driving. It would kind of scare me. Yeah, right now I don't have license. Uh -huh. About four years ago, I had a very bad accident, oh, and after sorry. that, I have kind Trauma. of drivophobia. And mm. I don't wow. oh, okay. Well, yeah. that got dark. He's <laughs> <laughs> the master of. You didn't. Uh, you, something <laughs> bad didn't happen. I hope. Yeah. Gene, you could have hit a dog. Remember when I took my driving <laughs> lessons? Yeah, yeah. Called you Gene. Uh, my the license, guy? and he got, and and didn't care about me hitting a human. You could no. have hit a dog, Gene. <laughs> And then yeah. you got beat up later that Then day. I got beat up. It's a terrible <laughs> it's a story. Day. So I'm trying to show Shia some love. <laughs> How's your We've driving? We've all been through that. My driving is excellent. Oh, okay. Yeah. The trauma didn't affect uh, you, not I guess. Do you know yeah, how I mean, to drive a stick, Shion? I do. Ah. I, I've driven a stick for years. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. it. I look down upon people who don't know uh, how to drive. You drive a stick when you're in your Mercedes? Not my Mercedes, but I had a... I guess you did you consult with your girlfriend and she said you can't drive stick or something? Are you making Listen, any decisions by yourself? I had she just started dating her when I got this car, and she she was like, "I was like, what kind of car should I get?" She was like, "I really like Mercedes." I was like, "All right, you know what?" Oh, I'm gonna right, we kid. Hey, listen, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He wants to do these things for yeah, himself. Sure. Right. Let's friend. call it's it lovely. that. Yeah, it's <laughs> lovely. I think that's lovely. Nice. Wow, thank you. Okay, we're gonna get it's all Persian to us coming up. Uh, Captain Reza, Groovy Shia, uh, the fabulous Keon. Let's get to Persians and cars. It is no secret that Persians love cars, or perhaps more succinctly, Persians are obsessed 
with cars. But it's not just always the affordability, the convenience, or the need for transport that gets the pistons pumping, if you will. Rather, Persians seem to like fancy cars, and they see cars as status. And depending on the style or make, your status will zoom or break. Or is all of that a myth? Is it just my extended family that will look at me with concern when I pull up in an English Mini Cooper? Well, today, right now, let's get to two Persian lads in different parts of North America who are surely qualified to answer such sociocultural questions. In fact, they've both built huge social media followings on Instagram and YouTube by talking about cars with pretty pictures and videos, of course. Vahid Amidi Mokadam is an engineer and writer and the founder behind the popular Instagram and YouTube channel, Cars I Have Driven. He regularly gets thousands of streams talking about and showing off everything from race cars to vintage Toyotas. He joins us from Montreal today. Hello, Vahid. Hey, Gian, thank you very much for having me here. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Great to have you on the show from Montreal. And Ali Behradi is a former dentist, investor, and the man behind the popular YouTube and Instagram channel Garage Behradi. And he racks up hundreds of thousands of posts exploring custom-made specialty cars from Mercedes to old fabulous Pontiacs. And he joins us from Houston, Texas. Hello, Ali. Hello, Gian. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have both. Now, here's the funny thing about this. We booked you guys separately. We were excited to talk to two movers and shakers, Persian guys who are doing a big business in, in terms of the number of streams you get in social media. We didn't know that you two actually know each other. And in fact, you guys did some work together and then broke up like the Beatles. Right, Vahid? Yeah, it's kind of like a same sort of a story. It's like, a, you know, people start working together and then reach to the point that they want to be independent and kind of like the ideas are clashing. So then we decided to have more independence present in the social media. But even after that, we continue working together. We actually did lots of uh, video together, reviews of our cars. You're saying you can stomach doing an interview with Ali as well? Yeah, we're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali, are you okay with this? <laughs> I am, actually. I, I should admit something and I've said it in previous interviews that if it wasn't because of black heat, I wouldn't be a person to just show up in social media. Uh, you have no idea how many issues I had, just like being shy, camera shy. I obviously live in the States for more than 30 years. I've had problems just remembering most of the, because most of these reviews are in Farsi or like all of them pretty much. Yes. So just you can imagine, you could just try to talk about something that you learned about it here. Most of the technical terms and the words that you're talking about. And the Persian crowd is pretty tough. So if you keep using English words, they're like, hey, you're trying to say you're someone better than us. And so I practice a lot. And Vahid gave me a huge support. And I, 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 I am very appreciative for what he did for me. Well, uh, Vahid, how do you feel about what Ali has just said? Well, I mean, our, our corporation was actually, it was really good. I mean, we start something that was pretty small and then we built it together. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, yes, of course, sometimes we were not really accepting each other ideas, but it, it's fine. It's just the, it's just the beauty of the, when you would do some teamwork. Uh, other than that, I mean, Ali is right. I, you are, you gotta be really careful what you're saying in front of the Persian audience. I'm not that careful, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, I use, I use lots of English words and, uh, well, I, I kind of like I said, but you're here to, to listen to me, so this is who I am. 
I can't wait to get to the ideas that you guys disagree on. This sounds good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the, some of the disparity between you for, I mean, I love both of your channels because, and on, I, mean, I say that quite earnestly because you're just so, you're both so passionate. You're like, you know, kids talking about their favorite toy or, or um, people talking about uh, this as if it's a romance. I mean, you were really, really into this. And so I want to just set the stage before I ask you some questions about um, what you've observed about Persians, Iranians, and our relationship with cars and whether it is indeed mythical or whether it's the real deal in terms of how important status question cars become for us in our community, both in the diaspora and I guess back in Iran. But to set the stage, let me just ask you about this passion that I see in your videos and the way you guys write and the way you talk about cars. Ali, let me start with you. On your Instagram page, your tagline is, I love cars. Cars give you freedom to travel, freedom to express oneself, and freedom to dream. How do cars give you the freedom to dream? Don't we have that freedom without cars? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, Man love for cars is either desire to control or real emotions. That's how I put it. Uh, for me, it's just kind of both. And just going back to what you started with, like how people, especially Persians, they love cars. Um, one very simple fact is because for whatever reason, just the country's been closed and the, the, the border's been closed and they don't get all the new cars, all the new products that we are just like freely here exposed to it in North America, they don't have them. So a lot of these kids, they go online and they see pictures of some cool cars, some sport cars, and then just like they just start imagining about it. So I could imagine when I come and just talk about some cars that people have just seen only pictures of it or they probably even heard of it or uh. not even heard of it. That's just like bring him to in line with me. It's like, oh my God, he's one of us. He's speaking Farsi and he just goes like detail talking about this. I deal. see. So the freedom to dream Interesting. There's actually a cultural context to that. You're actually speaking of Iranians when you say the freedom to dream, huh? Pretty much, yeah. Um, Interesting. I I think I learned about cars mostly in my late 20s and 30s because I had to study, obviously, in different field, and it was just always something on the side. So the dudes I hanged out with, or just the people in general, because there's some girls too sometimes, they're all from here and they're well speaking in English. And so I didn't have that much of knowledge of how Iranians are and how much they love. Why? Because I was detached from that country for a while. So once I started this page, I realized, oh my God, these are just all my people speaking the same language and they love the same passion. We are all you know, sharing the same passion. So, so, so when you were growing up in Isfahan, you were not enamored of cars? Not really. I grew up in a very, very artistic family. My dad was a professor of art history in University of Islam. I had to beg him to change his cars like every 20 years. I mean, I wasn't there for 20 years. And, you know, he hasn't been driven for the past 35 years. He's 75 years old because he didn't have any passion about cars. So you're saying you're saying you grew into a Persian stereotype. You weren't the Persian stereotype in the beginning. I wasn't. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And and Vahid, you what, what, what is it about automobiles that has so captured your imagination? You've described this almost like a a love story, your relationship with cars. I actually, it is actually true. I actually look at the car, it's more they have like a personality. And it's, it's and for me, all through all these years, 
uh, I kind of creating some sort of a relationship with all the cars. I mean, the one that I own them or even the, the one that just look at them or drive them, which there are so many of them. So I think everything started when I was at like a four or five years old. And, and, and unlike Ali, my, my family, they were all into cars. My dad and all my uncles, and they're all, they love cars and they're always talking about cars. So I was around people that the car was big part of their life, you know, and I'm from uh, Ahwaz, Khuzestan. So, you know, people over there, you're exposed to American culture because of the oil field and, yes. and everything. Yeah, you know, it's just heavily. So, so the car was a big thing. And then my dad, I remember he used to buy me all these matchbox and Hot Wheels every time, uh, every time we go out. And it was just like I'm, I was collecting so many of them. And I was just spending hours looking at them, or even modify them. Just like cut the, I used to cut the roof, and I called them, uh, called them like a cabrio. But I didn't know what he called them cabrio. Then you just called them something in Farsi. Darande means it was very, very wild <laughs> in my childhood dream, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything. Everything was always a love story for me. So, uh, Vahid, how has this created issues in your romantic life with? potential partners so that you you love cars more than them you know uh, yes kind of because <laughs> bunch of the time i compared them to the cars you know said so, well you look like a porsche to me but now nah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go over so well yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no not at all <laughs> so vahi you are a petroleum engineer um you know looking at i mean both of you guys like looking at your your page i would think uh, the cars i have driven I would think that this that's a full-time gig for you. I mean, how do you continue you're still an you're still a petroleum engineer, right? I am. Yes. How, how do you do that and, and and like how much of your week is spent being the car guy? Well, well, I had to extend my day. So instead of like a normally waking up at 8, now I'm waking up every morning at 4 a.m. so I can I can catch up with all the content and then the time that I spend uh, reviewing cars filling them editing and all this stuff you know so it's just it's actually uh, you're right it's 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 quite a quite a time consuming but i i keep up with it only because i really enjoy it and i'm kind of like addicted to it so i'm, I'm having fun with it are you addicted to it in terms of the culture of like do you watch like car races grand prix are you how much of car culture beyond what you do on your page is part of your social existence well in, in terms of car racing, I'm a big Formula One, like a, a fan. I mean, I started watching Formula One since 1991, so it's just it's going for forever. Been in several races. Uh, uh, that's that's how I fall. I, I actually do commentary on the Formula One for my audience because they really love somebody talk about it in Farsi, and then that's another side of my page. You know, it's just we recently started like a, about a year. Your stuff. So the page uh, is really true to who you are. You're a car obsessive. Yes, and it's exactly what it is. It's just like a, p people around me or my friend, uh, they don't see any difference me behind or in front of the camera I'm who <laughs> right, I am. Right. Exactly and a, and Ali, you you I mean you were a dentist for ten years. Then you were a venture capitalist. How how much of your life is now involved in being the car guy? As of now, I would say about. 60% of it. And I'll tell you a story. I, I heard this thing actually from Jay Leno. When I was dating my wife about 11 years ago, um, and I had about two cars and three bikes back then. 
And I said, look, they're guys that they have one car and 10 girlfriends. I promise I just have only one wife and 10 cars. <laughs> and she agreed with it. And I just even convinced her that it's actually cheaper to have 10 cars and 10 girlfriends. So that worked out pretty well. Um, I decided to kind of just like go into the semi-retirement mode that basically I have some properties that I've been blessed and I did some smart investment in real estate. So um, almost like every afternoon from the time I finished my daily works and daily tasks from like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., I go and stay at the garage till like probably 6 or 7 p.m. I have two little boys that I need to spend some time with them, obviously. Otherwise, I would spend like even longer but uh, that's how it is. And and uh, how many cars do you have now? Uh, 42 vehicles as of now. <laughs> so still cheaper than 42 girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, you own 42 vehicles? Yeah. So um, I started collecting them. I started buying cars and restoring them. And, you know, it was for the purpose of just making some money as an investment. And I got attached to them. And that's the worst thing. You know, you get attached to these things. And um, so I bought some classic cars. I have some newer modern cars. I, every once in a while, I just switch them out to something else. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good that you're in Houston there. You need the space you need taking half of Texas to just park your, where do you put all these cars? So in one of my properties, I've got a warehouse that I decided to dedicate to, um, basically just parking my cars. And you could imagine first as a Vespahani and as a real estate guy, I want to make money of every inch of property that I own. <laughs> so I just squeeze all the cars. Vahid knows he's been there a few times, as much as possible. And lately, I just basically divided my warehouse and I just rent half of it, convincing myself that at least the other half pays for this half. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and therefore put the car on top of each other. <laughs> I have to put them on top of each other. Vahid, yes. what are you doing wrong? This guy's got 42 cars. You're still running around being a petroleum engineer. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Well, well, Ali, as he said, he was blessed with his investment. But I'm, a, but that petroleum engineering thing is is another passion. I I've been doing this for 22 years. I've worked in all five continents around the world, 17 different countries. I really love that. I really, really enjoy. You're that. a true Khuzestani kid. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, let, let's let me get to the the big question at hand now because I want you to you to teach me this, and I uh, you know I say I come at this quite innocently as someone who grew up in the diaspora, and uh, maybe it's because I'm I, I would fit in with your artsy family, Ali. I don't know, but sure. I've never totally do I love my cars. I'm sure, I, I I've often talked about on the program how I I've had different versions of uh, Mini Coopers, some of them you know fancy JCWs and stuff, but but for the most part i just like it it's a british car it's my it feels at home to me and but you know i've really cars have never been a big deal for me and i've always wondered why my cousins my persian friends why persian society in general and the joke i said in the introduction is true i mean my extended family who kind of always look at me wondering why I'm kind of driving the cars I'm driving. I think my parents were um, their happiest when for about a week I owned a BMW and until I decided it just wasn't me and gave it back and um, they sank back into the depression of being my my parents. But, uh, but, but there was a moment where they thought, okay, he's turned into a good Persian son. So I come at this with uh, with truly wanting to know you guys teach me teach me and and maybe the audience uh, as well why are iranians so into cars let's start with that vahid well i mean let's let's just roll back like about 120 years ago when the first ever car came into our country 
and he was uh, during the Qajar, uh, and he was just like a big hit, you know. And and, and since then, Car was, as you said, was the status. And, and in countries like ours, it was always uh, more expensive than the first world countries, like what we where we live right now in North America. I remember even when I was a kid. We didn't have so many varieties of the cars. It was still not available like what we can have here in the market. So it was always a precious, you know, uh, valuable things to own. And of course, even here is, is is some sort of a status. People try, you park your car in your driveway and you want to show off to your neighbors. They all do. I mean, if somebody said no, that's not true. And then after more restriction in the country and then the border closed and no cars coming in, the car just went into the different dimension, you know. To be honest, right now in Iran, cars are more valuable than diamond here, to be honest. And it's like, a, as you can see, it's, you park your car uh, on the on the street and people come and take your doors. And Because it's harder to get the certain yes. cars? Or, yeah. Yes, and and then and the value of the car in Iran is insane. It's just like a uh, me and Ali sometimes talk about it. It's just like a, the numbers are doesn't make any sense. The car that here is maybe fifty thousand uh, dollar. It's a million dollar in Iran. So, so Ali, I would I understand exactly what Vahid is saying. Uh, it's, it certainly makes sense that why people in Iran, if you go back to say the nineteen fifties, it's a country that's that's burgeoning, growing economically into the sixties, seventies, and then after the revolution, maybe cars are inaccessible. These kind of things I would understand, but how does that explain the continued interest, obsession, uh, and uh, linkage to status in the diaspora? I mean, how has it bled outside of Iran in, in our DNA? Can you explain? Of course. Um, well, to continue to what Rahid was just saying, I think there's a very practical reason for that. Because the way people look at cars in Iran is just basically sort of investment. And because of, unfortunately, the inflation and not the right way of the economy has moved in the past few years in Iran, uh, no matter what you buy, next day you can turn around and sell it, just make a profit on it. So people buy cars in order to invest their money. And to me is, if you say someone here in the States or Canada, like, hey, let's just invest in cars, unless if there's some special classic antique cars that the value might increase or not. Uh, in Iran, it's, it's not like that. So people buy cars in order to take their money out of the bank because they think it's safer and they get a better increase in their investment Either short term, we're not talking about any long term. So that might be one reason. Second thing is just I remember growing up in Iran and all my family telling me that hopefully one day when you're an engineer, when you're an engineer and you buy your Mercedes, we're going to find you a good, beautiful wife. And this is embedded in our brain that part of you getting to settle in life after you finish your education, either have to be a doctor or a dentist or an attorney because there's no other... Uh, you know, there's no other career in Persian parents' mind, then you have to buy a nice car and then, then you're ready to go buy Hasagari and then we're going to get you a wife or <laughs> right. like, you know. Right. So that's true. And, that's, trust the, me, that and, might, and that's the order, right? You have to get the, the Mercedes and first. So, yeah. Exactly. And that has become like an image, you know, the classes and the status amongst Iranian traditionally still stay, play a big role. You know that. Even Iranians just like lately moved to Canada. The first thing they do, they just try to go buy something so they can impress someone. Or as you mentioned it earlier, this is status thing. So you need to show, hey, I'm doing pretty well. Even though here we all know you could just have 
$1,000 in your bank and you can just go lease a car for like $500 a month and nobody cares. But this mentality continues with a bunch of Iranians who actually move out of the Iran. So they have to always show this class and the status of, hey, we can do it, able to afford this thing. And sadly, this is only between Iranians. So if you come in with a car and just like you pull up somewhere, if somebody knows that you can buy a car here with little investment, it might not be as impressive than other people that they know about it. Hey, he's doing pretty well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to me, it's just like this is something that embedded in our culture. And we grew up thinking that one day when I have a house, when I have a Mercedes and when I have a beautiful wife, then everything is set. No, I don't need uh, to do anything else. I, I mean, want to actually, Gian, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah. I want to add this. Uh, but if, if you look at other countries, uh, look, look at the people coming from Africa. To, um, it, Canada, you're accepting immigrants from around the world. So, so, so people come from Africa, the same countries that they, this, the car is valuable thing over there. Even, even China, because car is so expensive. The, the moment they land here, right away they go for a, buying it something expensive you know it's just like a and it's and it, i mean many people come to me uh, iranian and said hey I'm, I'm 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 about to land in canada in about uh, three months six months something like what do you suggest me to buy and they're all like a, um um i, I want to buy a bmw i want to buy a mercedes i said guys why you want to do that do you know that the expense of the cars are not only the value of the car here but this as ali said this is the status and in, and this happening with so many other nations because they're looking back at what they couldn't have back home and they're going to have it here. And then all my Canadian friends, just like you, they don't really care about the car much. You know, most, generally 90% of them, they just want something reliable and, and it's take them from A to B. They really don't care. I'm glad you made that point, Vahid, because we wouldn't. Obviously, we don't. We're not exclusively the only people who are interested in fancy cars, or there wouldn't be a global market for them. Uh, and even even in the states, I mean, there's this tradition of the big Buick or whatever the Cadillac, you know, the the great American cars, etc. Um, but I wonder, in your experience, so Vahid, you're saying it breaks down on a um, first generation, second generation immigrant from, say, a developing part of the world. That's where you see the difference in terms of what you, in as much as you can figure out the metrics through your social media uh, followers etc that that's exactly true and and i can give you a very live example i have a son he's 19 years old and i mean we are having different kind of cars on our driveway for for test drive all fancy and expensive and fast and he shows next to nothing you know interests like I, they're all cars you know i really don't care because he grew up here so so all is just like a, look at a car uh, uh, as a tool no, he he doesn't. He's he's a pure example of somebody with the mind of Canadian that that or gen, normal Canadian that's just like a, okay, you know, I really don't care. I want to say one thing too, if I may. Go ahead. Us Persians, we love physical beauty, and this is probably one of the reasons that most of us would go and replace our big nose with the suppler ones. You and I didn't do it, obviously. So the <laughs> oh, better thanks. your nose Throw is, me in there. Thank you. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the better your nose is, the higher your physical attractiveness, I believe. And this is just a general idea, but it could apply, be applied to the cars too. So the better the car or the more expensive the car, the higher of your status. So this is a physical thing that you could see it, you could feel it. And for the same reason both Fahid and I said, 
um, that's just why people love to have them. And the more expensive, the better it is. The, I, I should just also note that, um, I mean, we are three dudes talking about this, it, but it doesn't appear to be gender exclusive either. Even, Ali, your examples about the Mercedes and then the wife, etc. Uh, most or a lot of um, Persian women I know, like the, the Persian girls who've come from Iran in the last 10, 20 years, a lot of them still want to drive fancy cars. I mean, it just crosses genders as well, right? Is that your experience? I believe so, yes. But I think guys in general um, make probably a little bit deeper connection with their cars to compare with women. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, there are ladies that they could be as car fanatic as a guy could be. But generally speaking, I've seen a higher percentage amongst guys than, than you know, ladies. There's a um, Persian woman I know in, in, in Toronto. I don't want to get too specific with her in case she's listening at it. I wouldn't want to offend her. But she has a very modest job and a very modest income uh, and lives very modestly, like a sort of a studio apartment kind of thing. Uh, but drives a fancy Mercedes SUV uh, because that uh, one of you guys was making the point about uh, the, the image that it gives of oh somebody is a success. Um, Vahid, does it surprise you when I tell you that story about a, a young Persian person in, in Toronto? It doesn't surprise me at all. And, and and I have to add this: if a man, a Persian man, look at want to have a fancy car, maybe he's looking at his horsepower and drive and how it drives and the quality of the drive but women look at the cars uh, as a jewelry uh, some sort of accessories you know they they really don't uh, and I, I come across so many women that are asking me yeah, i want to buy a car but i don't care about horsepower or how many gear he has or what sort of a suspension or how good is with the curve but it does is it the mercedes is it the porsche uh, is it the Range Rover? And it, that's for them is a jewelry, and 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 this is this is all over the place, and it's very normal. Okay, why? Since we the name has come up a few times, why is BMW and I mean it's almost a joke BMW. You know why? Why is BMW and Mercedes still so important to Iranians, Vahid? This goes back uh, through the history. Mercedes and BMW were great uh, before revolution in Iran. Their marketing was um, amazing, and they were status. I mean, look at the movies from from those times. Wherever show show somebody from the very rich family either driving a Mercedes S Class or, or a BMW, and if somebody even close to the king and all, they were all driving these sort of cars or or American big American cars. So it's implemented in the mind of every Iranian that this is what you need to have. Like, for example, I love Audis, and Audis are, are very good. They're, they're, they're as good as the Mercedes and BMW these days. But a Persian, they don't like Audis. No status. Yeah, I wanted to get an Audi at one point. And yeah, my Iranian friends were like, but uh, why not a BMW then? Or basically, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm curious about that because surely Iranians are smart enough to know that an Audi is a prestige car too, or it can be a, a very, if it's a very fine car. But, you but know I, what happened? The, I'm sorry, Rahid. Um, sure. the, the first impression of many cars in Iran has been like, whether it was a good car or a bad car, I'm a big fan of Land Rover. Um, I always had, you know, beside every other cars I had, either have a Range Rover or a Land Rover. And everybody in Iran thinks this car is one of the worst cars being built. And I've been trying to just <laughs> tell my followers, dude, first of all, some cars are not built for every people in every kind of, in you know, to all kind of income. So this car is coming at the price of $100,000. 
the person who has the money invests in it and buys it and enjoys it. And then when it comes to the troubles, he drop it and he go buy another one, right? But everyone, and even if I drive or bring a brand new Range Rover, this this saratona ink this is a cancer why because back in the days in 1970s when some range rovers were coming to iran they were british cars they were difficult to work with and obviously mechanics in iran are so practical they have only one no offense to anyone a screwdriver and a hammer and to fix the whole car for you and of course they couldn't figure it out it was a very heavy car it had a v8 so this is embedded in people's minds. Same thing about Jaguar. Every time we talk about Jaguar, water, blah, blah, this is, this is so much trouble. <laughs> but they've come a long way. Those people, especially for North America, the North American market, it is a huge step up for Land Rover, even BMWs that were not as reliable. Why? Because there's a huge competition. So because simply I had a bad experience in Range Rover in 1978, so everything else came after is garbage. And I've been having an issue just telling these followers that, look, technology is changing. These companies are sold from one hand to another one. Land Rover was sold to BMW. Then they sold it to Ford. And then Land Rover Jaguar was taken over by Tata, which is an Indian company. And they've been working on their products. You cannot just like look at every product through one eye and say, no, they're junk. My uncle had one in Shamal. Every time we were going there, we had problem with this damn car. So please don't <laughs> talk about Land Rover anymore. I mean, this is the mentality of most of these people. But I know that there are, I mean, uh, first of all, for people listening right now who are s screaming at their speakers, there are obviously going to be exceptions. There are Iranians, you know, driving other kinds of cars. There are Iranian women who don't just see it as a, an extension of jewelry or whatever it was described a few minutes ago. But for the most part, Ali, I, I don't know if I can remember an Iranian, uh, knowing an Iranian, uh, and Toronto's got a big Iranian community now, uh, knowing an Iranian um, driving a Subaru. You know, I, right. I, 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 it's like a, it's like oil and water. I can't even imagine it, <laughs> and that seems absurd to me. Why, why yeah. shouldn't Iranians drive a, a Subaru, right? But, but this is why I'm getting you guys on here. To, is this a myth or is it, uh, is this, it's what I'm saying actually real? Well, well I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come uh, talk about this, but I mean, people then come to me and they're asking advice for, hey, I want to buy a car, and even, hey, my budget is five thousand, but I'm looking at the 20 years old Mercedes said, why you want to do that? Is, is, is Why it has to be this? Oh, because, you know, it's uh, it's German. It uh, has all these bling. The, the, the thing is that they cannot look at the economy car like Subaru or something like that. In, in, in Toronto, uh, that, that, that strip of all the Persian uh, shops, if you go there and you can park in the spot, all you see is BMW, uh, yeah, Mercedes, yes, yes, and yes. Lexus as well. But does but, a, but, but, but Vahid, does a soup, like, say, does a really souped up Toyota or, or like a cool vintage Pontiac have any cachet or does it, or no, it has to always be a Lexus or a BMW or a Mercedes? I think I think for for Persian it has to be the ultimate goal is to get there. Mercedes, BMW, Lexus, uh, Porsche, uh, it's it's sitting on the top, the higher up, and 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 that that's what it is. They they just they just go going over there and they they want to do that. And it doesn't matter if it's old or new or something like that. And all these 
the other, I mean, they love Toyota, by the way, because it's it's economic and this is blah blah. But but Subaru, oh no, it's just don't even talk about it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Subaru is a really good well, it was a really good car. I, I'm not up to date on that, but I remember years ago wanting to buy one. It was like the number one Consumer Reports car, you know, in terms of safety and things like that. It still but, is, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean. but but that's not. <laughs> That's not what we're we're not interested in that. Purchase no. uh, Ali on this notion of whether you know. I'm thinking if you're really into cars and really into status, then you would think a specialty car, something unique, something vintage would would be the ultimate. But it sounds like it has to be even if it's a specialty car, it has to be a specialty car of a certain brand. Uh, obviously, yes. So, like any other market, some of this. Um, classic or antique cars, if you will. Um, recently in America, or like North America, has just gone gone up in values like crazy. Um, there are other factors involved, of course. So people are in car business. You know, somebody has a very special car, very unique, and they just like price it whatever it wants. And if next car comes to the market for sale, they're gonna just look at that. It's like, so this car was sold at such and such amount, so I'm gonna price my car like this. Um, it would surprise you if i tell you that how many people started collecting cars not necessarily antique or classic cars lately why because of this whole corona thing happened and i'm sure you've heard of it there's a shortage of certain amount of computer chips and things that they cannot finish the cars so the price of used vehicle has gone up to sky and especially some very unique limited edition cars that they for example i have this mercedes 500e this was a first production car it was actually a, a, a corporation between Porsche and Mercedes. And it's just like a regular Mercedes 500 so class 124, chassis 124. And it was only 1,500 of that was actually imported to the United States. Believe it or not, that car has gone up about 60 to 70% in the last two years. So I was lucky to buy one and have one. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are certain cars that have gone up in value. There are certain cars that are still going up. Um, there are cars that they have a potential to go up. There are much more people reviewing cars, both in English. I'm talking about mostly, you know, YouTube, that people go and look at this car and they start showing interest. So me sound like if I tell you I have 42 cars, it might sound strange, but I know people that they have 10, 15, 20 cars and they just park them in there. So thing that it was not very common in the U.S. that you invest your money in cars is becoming more and more popular. So yeah. But unfortunately, I think us Persians, especially old school ones, they still don't believe in collecting cars or car could be a tangible for you. It could be something is important for you to invest money on it. Um, this has kind of been exposed to many of my followers and I've shown them and I'm talking about it and they're like, oh, wow. And they keep telling, you know what they're telling me is so funny. Please don't tell us that this Mercedes is going to be go up in value because now everybody in Iran who has the same car, they're going to raise up or jack up the, the, the price of the car. But the thing is, because of YouTubers, because of people in social media that start talking and showing interest in some cars, it might have a direct or indirect impact on how valuable that car is going to be in future. Well, you guys are YouTubers, and you're you you guys are um, big on social media. Vahid, you have almost two hundred thousand followers just on your Instagram alone. Who is your audience? Uh, I would say my. Uh, the, I mean, obviously, the ma the major uh, audience are from Iran. 
because uh, as Ali mentioned before, is like a the lack of presence of all the new cars over there is just make it more interesting for them to to us talking about the cars, driving them, and talking about Farsi. But I do know that we have uh, followers from around the world uh, among all the immigrants, Persian who lived in different countries, and we do have. Uh, audience from the other Farsi-speaking uh, countries, like uh, like Tajikistan or, or even Afghanistan and all this, which is which is good. I'm really, really happy that we actually uh, could have at- attract them to come and yeah. talk to us. And this, this, is, this is a good achievement for me. Vahid, do you find the interest or the questions asked or the um, level of intrigue different amongst the people you hear from who are inside Iran versus those in the in the diaspora, or is it generally the same? What I really uh, see and I like is the, the people who live outside of Iran, they, they challenge us a lot because they, like us, they have access to all the information and and they have they have touched things and they have seen things. So so if we, uh, they come across things and the questions that are our judgment or question that oh, why you say that or why it is and this is really good. Uh, unlike that, most of the people who lives in Iran they kind of like uh, accept whatever we say, which I always encourage them to no matter who is behind a show or behind a video never accept everything as it is and go and dig a little bit more because on the side of it you're going to find a lot, lot of more stuff about it so that for me that's that's the major major difference on the other hand the people who lives outside of the iran is just always want to advise what to buy and how to buy it i mean just the general question is uh, lease your finance that's that's a very popular question and i uh, there's no answer to that <laughs> oh really you you do you have a personal preference uh, me, me, but my personal preference to to everybody is lease. But since Corona hit, I kind of like the whole the whole thing is kind of changing these days. So I'm I'm, I'm slowly slowly moving like well, if you think like you want to keep your car for next six seven years, try to finance and buy it because the future is kind of like a changing. On, on the same time, I'm not a big fan of uh, electric car. I mean. You know that, Gian. Why I'm in an oil field, right? But I'm not. I'm not going to get into the environmental yeah. implications yeah. of your job. But I, I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> but I actually encourage everybody that this is a great time, especially in Canada, to go and buy an electric car because the government gives you lots of aids. So, so the incentive is is really really good. Uh, so this is this is one of the points that I always pushing for. Said go go buy yourself a, a new electric car because you get the you get the good incentive from the from the government. This is the time you will not have it in two years. Ali, the same question to you: Who who do you find your audiences on your successful social media sites? Um, I think when I look at all this, uh, the statistics, uh, majority of them are from Iran. And the age range is something between 12 and 14 years old, all the way to 25 years old. These are the majority of the audience that they're thirsty to learn, they're thirsty to see stuff that they cannot see in the streets of Iran. Um, unfortunately, like what he says, most of our followers from outside of Iran are just all coming to the question of, hey, I have $5,000. What do you think I should buy? And it just trips me off because I'm like, dude, I'm willing to help, but 
how do I know where do you live? First off, what type of car do you need? <laughs> right, right. Do you need an SUV? Do you need a two door and five thousand dollars can Canadian or U.S.? So you know we've just been working on this thing. And one thing I like to say, I I I'm a little bit different than Zahid in just like when responding to my followers. Um, I use a very, very informal language, Vahid knows. I do review on the cars and I start singing in the middle of it. And people are like, hey, please just like tell us when you're going to sing so we can just, you know, lower the volume so my wife doesn't wake up and stuff. So they feel very comfortable approaching me. But I, I kind of learned that I could teach them things like, hey, look, let's just like try to look at things from a different perspective. Challenge yourself. Learn about these things. You have no idea, thanks to Rope and so many medias that you guys are running, I've started showing the, the books that I'm reading every week to my audience. So it's not all about cars. And many of these people are very grateful. It's like, thank you, Ali June, let us know. And so I look, guys, I read this book and I think it's very good and it has nothing to do with the cars. So I'm trying to just kind of just like teach them, you know, different, different ways of looking at the stuff. Hey, there's Google in there, there's internet. And when you try all of this thing and you couldn't find your answer, then you can come to Ali and I'll be more than happy to help you. Some of them, they started just raising their guards. Like, who do you think you are? You're not answering that. Like, no, dude, I just want you to learn. I just want you to try it on your own, make a mistake because nobody taught me. I just, all I know is by reading and doing practical works on cars. And so it's, it's kind of like working out and I'm telling everybody, just try to get out of this comfort zone. Maybe, maybe, maybe the fact that us Iranian, we all just like to buy the same thing. If one person buy the Mercedes, he bought the Mercedes and he was good and every other Iranian behind him is going to buy the car. Maybe you could try a different thing. Just have the courage to step out of it and say, no, you know what? I want to try a different, I'm just talking about cars, but it could apply to anything else, to any phenomena. So it, I'm, I'm working with this young audience and I think a lot of them are very flexible and they're actually very grateful that, hey, thank you so much. Beside cars, we learned that this thing is good. I love watch, I'm collecting watches. And sometimes I put live about watches and some people are really like it. So you just need to know what this audience want to know, but at the same time, just show them like, there's a way to get in there. There's a way to learn about this thing. So try it on your own. And if you couldn't find it, just come to me and I'll be more than happy to help you out. For me, uh it's 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 all about cars 95 percent about cars i really don't go uh, any other uh field as even people are asking so many questions but i shut it shut it down from the beginning i said well this is this is only about cars here so i don't want to get in somewhere else but uh and you realize one of the reasons me and ali baby not working is because he's singing yeah <laughs> Traditional Persian music. Yeah, traditional Persian music. <laughs> and you just couldn't handle that anymore. What's wrong Not with anymore. that? What's wrong with our Sonati music, uh, Vahid? What do you what do you got you got a problem with that? It doesn't it doesn't really goes with the cars and uh, <laughs> at least in my mind. Uh, Vahid, you said something interesting a moment ago that actually was a, a good segue into something that I wanted to ask you guys about, which is that um, I wanted to ask you about detractors, and I was thinking about the fact that, I mean, Iranians, we, we've joked about it a lot on the show, and we've actually talked about it in, in a non-joking way, too, that there is a, there can sometimes be an attitude that, uh, we know everything, we, we, we know the answer, and particularly I'm thinking around cars. Um, it makes sense that you've started these social media sites and that they've become astronomically successful, but I would also think 
it's got to be difficult navigating through a community of people who are going to say, well, what are your qualifications? What do you know? I mean, or, or question what you say or do or are interested in. Um, let me hear from both of you on that. First, you, Vahid. Oh, I mean, that's uh, this is obvious. It's just like a, we've been questioned all the time. What, what I see, the trend that I see is people who are a regular uh, audience of my page, that they're, they're always coming back. They know me very well. They know some of them. They know me from because when I started everything back in 2012 in the Facebook and the whole idea was like, a, hey, I'm driving different cars. So uh, shouldn't I share the story of these cars with uh, other people? So start writing about them. And all those articles were so popular. They end up being in the Majale machine, which I loved it since I was a kid, uh, blah, blah. And then so people, come, some of my audience are coming from that time. So they, they actually, they're coming peace with me. Uh, they, they agreed that I'm reading a lot about cars and driving them and, and i have friends that they're into the management or production and blah 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 but uh, but then the newcomers are the one that is just come right away they come so hot at us it's like a, who do you think you are it's just like talking about this and uh, what do you know about cars and you must like least say <laughs> Ali, I have a different take on this. Um, I remember watching one of your one of your interviews with Justin Trudeau back in 2014. Yes, and he mentioned something about Canadians. Some of them that they think that if somebody get out of the Canada and made it up there. It, you give them more value and more thumbs up that to compare with someone. I don't remember exact words that Mr. Trudeau used, but same thing about We Iran, sometimes have like, to leave the country and become successful somewhere else to be validated in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. So that same, the same fact applies for many of us Iranians. So if somebody get out of Iran and, for example, like he just made it to the point that he could have some cars, can afford to have a good style of living, so most of these kids looking at wow you know so he he really knows what he's talking about and i've just heard it of course there's small percentage of people no matter what you do they're never happy they send you new all kind of words that you know you just have to block him but a lot of his people because of the fact that we're broadcasting this videos and this 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 you know social media channels from outside of iran a lot of them give it a little bit of more value and like oh wow so this guy knows what he's talking about some of them are asking hey can you talk in english can you please just say some words in english so we can learn and i'm like okay yeah i can but let's just learn so they think because we're here at the source of basically everything of, of car cars car wise around us so we know what we're talking about and i consider that as a good point but at the same time I turn around and tell them look i'm somebody like you i just had a, an opportunity to come here and i studied here it doesn't mean i know more than that i transfer what i know it could be wrong it could be right but yeah that's how i look at it what is the most frustrating thing about persian attitudes and cars what is the most frustrating thing ali I think mostly people that they have experience on without having you know depth and knowledge of talking about someone that tricks me off. I I don't like to talk or hear stuff from people that because they're good drivers or they know how to drive in Iran's street they could tell talk about everything about cars. 
and we always distinguish between like there's so many there's so many branches of car enthusiasts somebody could be a driver but not necessarily a good mechanic someone's a good mechanic but not necessarily a good driver somebody knows how to talk about cars with passion which is Vahid is the king of it Sultana he he talks about the ugliest car if he wants to make it look good and you will believe it. it's like oh my god <laughs> but does it mean that Vahid I don't I don't even know if Vahid can change the oil of his car I'm sorry Vahid I'm not trying to <laughs> be rude here but but he he's good at what he does and I've been telling these people look yeah, everybody is good at something. I only find the oil. I don't change it. <laughs> that's yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> so they're different. They're different type of people. But those who just come and pretend that they know about everything and reality, you don't know they know anything. That's just the most annoying thing to me. I I like people. If you're talking about something, you have to base it of some fact that you're talking about, or you need to you need to at least have an experience to talk about it. Just don't come and tell me, yeah, this is like this because I heard it from someone else. And you, no. Vahid, same question? Uh, for me is the fact that none of the Iranian buy car that as a thing that they need it. They just buy much more than they need it. So, so uh, let me just open it like this. So, so when they, they want to have a car, but they never talk about talk about the size that they need they never think about that how many mileage they're going to have it so they when it comes to that they just want to buy as expensive as it possible that they have like they can afford and and this is this is so wrong and i, I came across so many people who said don't do that even close friends of mine said don't do that you're going to regret no 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 i this is really appealing my i like it my wife like it you know my kids are love it and all this stuff they buy it in three months and they, oh my god what a mistake i made this is too this is expensive that is so expensive i, said, I told you you don't need that but he said but but, yeah, but you know us persian we go to the uh, we go to the shop and a guy said hey can uh, i want to have a carpet and the guy said what, what is your budget he said no, the budget is not important. Foolish as This is just like, no, it is important. You know, it's just like you gotta let me, you gotta give me the window so I can, I can guide you. So I uh, sometimes say, guys, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I, I cannot really guide you if you don't tell me what you want because I have to narrow down among like hundreds of hundreds. This is really frustrating because I really like to help people to make a right purchase or right choice. But this this is this is quite quite frustrating. Uh, but back to the thing that Ali said about I'm lucky to have a friend, I mean, and a partner, Mohammad is we call him uh, Mama China, and uh, so he we have a garage in in Montreal, and then he take care of all my cars, <laughs> all the mechanical parts, so I never get dirty. <laughs> he, and he is awesome. His automobile, his garage is is great. What do you find that uh, on your social media sites, on your Instagram channels, on your YouTube channels, what do you find gets the most reaction? Like Ali, I, I, I referenced the, um, there was, I mean, there was one episode you have or one post you had, which is just you driving to check out a, what looks like some kind of Mercedes SUV that's an olive color. And it has like 260,000 views. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't, I, I don't even, I mean, no offense, I, but I don't even know why. I mean, what it's sort of interesting, but can you, can you understand why some of these posts get the kind of reaction they do? I'm going to tell you exactly why. So I told you, I mentioned at the beginning that it's very hard to convince Persian audience, right? And it's very hard to expose them to new materials, including new cars or the, the vehicles that they have no knowledge of. 
so the reason you see those shows like the some of the some of those videos they just like i don't know like few hundred thousand dollars view is because i had ordered a g-wagon mercedes and i had talked about it before that usually you have to put money down you have to wait two years because of how mercedes like wants to keep this that this car very exclusive so you have to wait two years after you put your deposit to get the car so first people kind of knew that this car is coming and second is everybody loves g-wagon do you know why no. because the shah of iran is the one who ordered this vehicle the very first time to mercedes back uh. in 70s he wanted to order a vehicle which is an suv it could be used in the military so unfortunately it didn't happen he even brought the, the mercedes and put in um in contact with um i think it's the the company in austria that making them so they basically he, he he made that order for them to have an suv mercedes so all persians no matter what they think any G-Wagon that you see in the market, Shah of Iran somehow has been behind it. Even the newer models, which, you know, it's been changed so much. So, yeah, that was one of the reasons. A G-Wagon coming, and I had talked about it, and people was like, hey, my G-Wagon is here. And, there, and and I had no preparation for that video. I didn't practice anything. I just turned on <laughs> my video, my camera. Yeah. I did it. But guess what? I go and I find a very, very, very unique car. And I spent hours filming it, talk about it. I have to prepare myself, read about it. And it doesn't even get one tenth of that uh, attention that something like the G-Wagon video right, got. Right, so, right. And, you know, it's just so hard to guess that what are they going to, how are they going to react, first of all, and what material they're going to like the most. That he knows. He, oh, he's this is so here. true. Yes, I, I agree with Ali. We spent hours working on, you know, putting different cameras in the car, going find the nice scenery in Texas heat hours talking about it editing the video few weeks put it up and uh yeah it's not important okay yeah it's nice or some of them they even say bad stuff about the car i'm like dude at least learn something from it <laughs> but if he comes and talks some junk about some cars that people have some knowledge of it from the past Oh my God! Oh, thank you so much for bringing this memory to us. My dad used to have this car. This Vahid, is, so, is that true? Is that what it, gets it, the most? It is, it is absolutely true, Jian. Like, uh, I mean, a couple of months ago, I I have a friend here that he has this unique, you know, showroom. It's a private showroom. And it has all these uh, special order, custom made, fancy cars up to million dollar. And I and I made this about half an hour reports from there and i thought this is going to be huge because each one of these cars are like a piece of a jewelry and that was one of the worst videos because no one actually connected those cars said oh we don't care about the ferrari that is nine hundred thousand dollar or we don't care about this one signed by that guy i said come on guys and then i did a piece on a on a porsche panamera 2011 very old one and this was a huge success. So, so I'm kind of like get confused sometimes. I said, what, what am I doing here? What should I do? But I, I guess at the end of the day, at least for me, if I cannot connect to the car that I'm talking about it, is, is this going to be a really bad video? So, so I really need to have some sort of feeling, as I said at the beginning of the interview, I, I have some relation with the car. You and your intimate relations with the cars. I, I have to say, I have to express my disappointment in both of you that we have basically been talking for an hour or so and uh, neither of you have mentioned the greatest uh, Persian car of all time, which of course is the Xion. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how you're going to take it, honestly. I mean, that's the first thing everybody knows when they hear your name. So, a shit per, uh, French car that was. Uh, uh, I, now, I've never actually seen one in person. Have Have either of you ever seen one or, or owned one? I, I've seen one. I actually I, I sat in one. I draw one, and it's and it's not. A, it's actually well known and quite popular these days in in Canada and in Europe. In Canada, there's yes, there's Gion's in Canada. We, we do have we do have some Gion here. <laughs> I, I mean, what? One of them is you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when people ask me, uh, depending on how I'm feeling, when they go, Where, "Where's the name Gion come from?" I either say "Shida Gion to get," or I go, "Yeah, yes. crap, uh, crap car from the '60s." You know. Uh, uh, Ali, any thoughts on the Gion? Um, this is one of the most uh, popular economical car back in, I think, like early '70s when Citroen came with this with this product and they just uh, to respect what you say there's no Gion outside of Iran they call the Gion in Iran so this is just like the the C2V one that they're actually the older version of them uh, they're going up in value some 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 of these auctions that sometimes they attend that they have one or two and they're going for like twenty thirty thousand dollars but there was a different type of it so it was it was built in Iran and they call it Gion and it was just one of the most economical vehicle it had like a two-cylinder engine uh, I think it had like a three-speed uh, gearbox, and it was a family car. I remember families that they drove from Esfahan to Mashhad with like seven people inside the Gion, and the poor car was just struggling <laughs> on the road yes. to get in there. So yeah, it was just one of well, those well, like affordable oh, yes, vehicles. Yes, the Gion was the, the Persian name that they that they put it, and kind of like they, they modify it. But the, the the one that we have here is Ali is right. The one is with the with the headlamps sitting on the fender. It, it, it looks a bit like an old Lada to me yes. from the pictures. You know, like a <laughs> a Soviet kind of uh, <laughs> basic box uh, car. But uh, of course, I have an affection for it, even though I've never seen one in person. Um, guys, it is it is such a a pleasure to get to to talk to both of you and get your insights. A final question to each of you. First of all. Um, Vahid, I, I understand that you're involved in setting up a, a kind of a Top Gear, which of course is a massively successful show uh, out of England, but it's sort of been replicated and it's, been, and it's got international appeal. Doing a kind of a Top Gear for Persians, can you talk about that? Well, it, it's no secret that I'm, I'm, I really love uh, Jeremy Clarkson and whatever he did all these years. I've, I've, I've watched whatever he, he made and all read all his books. So, so all these years, my ultimate goal was to, to create a show that is kind of like, I mean, a car show. Obviously, Top Gear is, is the is the pinnacle of that, but we're trying to do something. So so we do have three hosts, and uh, and it's, it's kind of like a same style, reviewing cars and talking about cars and doing how, some challenges. So we already did the pilots, and then we're actually shooting next week the episode three and four. So hopefully the first season with 12 episodes will be aired uh soon and do we know where it's going to air or will we find it on youtube or where where do we get to see it it's it's not going to be youtube it's going to be on satellite tv but i'm just going to keep that quiet for now all right we'll wait we'll await the big announcement for where we can see does it have a name yet it, that, yes it does have a name and then we we, uh, we use exos or exhaust so exos is, is something that i really yeah. like yeah and, and it's, it's it's one of my uh one of my uh, things that I say is like a 
اگزوز آدم خوبه چقدر باشه سایزش نیست اگه بیدیسایده اوکی وان آف مای فرند ویچ از دی پرودیوسر پدرام ایز دیسایدد تو کال ایت اگزوز اور اگزوز سو ایتس سیم پرژین انگلیش نیم ایتس پرفیکت نیم وی آل لوف ایت I can't, I can't wait to see it. And, and Ali, um, before we let you go, so you, I, I guess I, I'm curious, I mean, you've, you've been very successful. You were very modest earlier saying you got lucky or whatever. I mean, you're in your 40s and it sounds like you've, you, you have the, you've created the conditions where you can do what you want with your life. And that involves um, collecting a tremendous number of cars. Where do you want to take all of this? And, and how many cars will be enough? Ah, uh, God knows. I don't know. Um, I'm to the point that if I have a bigger space, probably I'm going to keep continue buying more cars. Um, but I know myself too. So for a very long time, like maybe my early 20s, I was into motorcycle and bikes. And um, I just got tired of it and I switched to cars. So I, it's hard for me to foresee what's going to happen. I have two young kids, that both boys growing up. Um, whether I'm going to just like inherit all these cars to them or not, maybe I get tired of it. Uh, it's a very time-consuming thing to do, and it's very expensive. You know, you you'll be surprised if I tell you that even the cars when they're sitting, they cost sometimes more than when you drive them because some of these cars need maintenance, they need you know parts need to be changed, and they get older. So I have no idea. One difference between me and Vahid is. I am probably from the generation, or we both are, from who well, grew up in 70s and 80s. And I call it the last freedom of speech group because we just tell whatever it comes to our mind. But Vahid has better control on his, the way he presents himself. I am much more upfront and I just like tell the truth. And sometimes it costs me so much. So I don't see myself ever getting to any kind of TV shows because I can't be myself anymore. If you know what I'm saying. So, um, unfortunately, you're talking about the they, classical singing, aren't you? Pretty much. Well, yeah, that's too. <laughs> I gotta say something, and it's my last thing, bro. I I heard you singing this song. Um, I think it was in 2006 and 2007. By the way, you're a great musician. You have, you're you. so talented. Thank you. And none of your guests ever mentioned this thing. But they I don't know. I don't think they know. I, I was. You it's, are it's, you know. a beautiful person in and out, and you're so talented in many Thank ways. And you. I'm just not saying it because you did this interview with me. But I I think the, the beautiful voice of you, and I've seen you singing. It was the song that I fell in love. If I'm not mistaken, it was just when I was four, I thought I was a girl, something like that. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, this yeah. is, I, I, I don't know if you, 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 you compose it yourself. Yeah, or something, it's, a, it's a song called Lousy Boy. Yeah, it's Lousy yeah. Boy, yeah. And I'm not sure if it ever came out or not, but we need this planet, these people like you, uh-huh. being public, making our lives better, teaching us how to be different, teaching us how we could be a different you know, society, And bringing all these people that are just like lately I've been talking about knowing Iranians that nobody knows about them. And I start putting stories of people and you guys are doing a great job. Good luck and keep it up. Thank we you so much you for all that. And, and we really are, um, I mean, I the mission is a, is a, a real one to try and help to form the connective tissue of, of um, Iranians in the, in the diaspora. We do, I mean, uh, it, it was a, a hunch that I had and, and it's been so gratifying that it, to, to see it realized as we build this show and, and this network that there's a, that in fact, we all have, um, we feel something, a kinship, we feel a connection with each other, regardless of geography or age or, or gender or, you know, I mean, there's, you know, the Persians in the diaspora in particular, we really feel this, this sense of each other and, and, 
um, and it's borne out today. I mean, with you guys, I, I know um, neither of you very well, but I, you both feel like cousins of mine to me. Uh, Thank and, you. And I, uh, I, I certainly know after all that you've just said, Ali, which one of you I prefer um, because uh, you've been so kind to me. I don't know about this Vahid, frankly, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but well, let, let but me, thank, let you, Allie. Allie. thank you, Ali. Thank you, Ali, because good taste in music. And, uh... <laughs> well, I prepared something for closing, too. <laughs> that was with no preparation. I, I've been following Gian's since, like, late 90s. Yeah. I remember your first interview with Harrison Ford, and later on you were talking about it, that it wasn't one of the best. It, um, it was one of the worst, yeah, absolutely, 2003. He's a fellow country man, so in my are always listening to your to your show and uh, it was just like because i mean i'm not listening to the music or singing you know <laughs> i'm actually listening to something more important so i was I, I was a big fan of your shows and then i started watching everything in the youtube and i have a very good friend his name is ali too and we we're always talking about you i said oh how amazing he is and all this stuff thank and you guys thing. thank you so, enough yeah, enough you, already we yeah. did it. No, but, but it i appreciate it He's but gonna then, put us on air, man. It's enough. <laughs> no, but when he when he comes when he comes to this interview, it was like a, I mean, it's it's some sort of a personal achievement for me. I'm I'm very happy that I had a chance to talk to you, you know, in person, and it, it is really great for me. I'm 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 super happy with this. So thank you very much for giving. Hey guys, thank you both. I'm I really did uh, learn a lot, and I. Um, I can't wait to, to, to go pour through the comments of people who think that they um, <laughs> who will have things to say about your opinions about cars and and who I'm sure are huge fans of yours as well. Uh, I'll keep pumping your sites because I think what you're doing, both of you, is, is really engaging stuff. And I'm so glad to have you both on the program. Uh, in Montreal, Vahid Merci. Uh, see you again. I hope to see you soon in person, in fact, in Canada. Yes, and Ali in Houston, merci as Shema, and thank you so much for making the time, Azam. Thank you, brother. Respect to you. All right. Vahid Amini Mogadam, an engineer, writer, and founder behind the popular Instagram and YouTube channel Cars I Have Driven. We reached him in Montreal, Canada today. And Ali Bekhradi, the former dentist, investor, and the man behind the popular YouTube and Instagram channel Garage Bekhradi. We reached him, uh, Ali, in Houston. USA today. All right, microphones back on for Groovy Shia, Captain Rezan. The fabulous Keon. How about the car guys? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That was that fun. Was really, that was really sweet. They've you know, taken their childhood obsession and made a life out of it, really. I just found out, like right before our show, that they know each other. That's so yeah. crazy. I thought that they were, I mean, one of them's in Houston and one of them's in Montreal. I guess it makes sense that popular Instagram, YouTube guys who... That talk about cars and who are Persian yeah. would know each other, right? right? But yeah. uh, forty-two cars—that's oh, crazy. <laughs> I guess if if you look at it as an investment, it kind of makes sense. But I, I just never thought of cars as in, 
vestments. That was very interesting. Mm. That that was one of the things mm. that I guess it was Vahid who said yeah. that was one of the original precipitants for cars becoming such a um, a powerful and popular presence in Iran was that they were seen as an investment. Mm-hmm. This is somewhere you're you're parking your money, if you will. Yeah. And this is a depreciable a- asset, so it just I, I, I can't yeah. wrap it my head a, around well, that. Not in Iran necessarily because really? of the sanction and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of import cars right. being um, um, like in in that in the country, and that's why whatever it, th- there is and whatever is being imported into the country is very minimal. Mm. And so the value is supply and demand. The value is constantly rising, and because the parts and and the, everything is bought by dollar essentially mm-hmm. and the Iranian currency of real is constantly dropping that's why the value of the car is constantly going up yeah. so in Iran people looking at it as an investment but also here like in North America if you have a classic car mm-hmm. that you yeah. restore right. the value con- it goes after a certain like a, there is a there is a there is a um, cap there is there is not a cap but there is a like for example if you got a car that is like from like 2000 and is beat up. It's not going to worth that much. But if you got a, like a car from 1975 mm-hmm. and you restored it, yes, the value of it is probably more than what it was originally. I love the passion of these guys. Like I, I, yeah. I said it in the interview, but I, I love how much they love mm-hmm. cars. It's so fun. <laughs> you know, they're just so into it, and it makes sense that they have these followings of you know yeah. people can sense the how genuine, the authentic they are about Very. their appreciation yeah. for automobiles, and it, and obviously they know their stuff i mean you can hear that they just they, yeah. they know the stuff and they know their community yeah uh, i mean they they had the stats ready just yeah. based on their own interactions right. Right? yeah yeah and they're genuinely interested in it like i was going through uh vahid's instagram actually and i saw him like going to houston he was hanging out with ali and then his older videos and stuff so it was interesting that they knew each other and we didn't know and booked them on the show yeah but uh one thing i already said that did, oh did you good yeah, yeah. does he listen when I don't think so. We I talk, know. and I then he starts <laughs> talking and says the same thing. I was going to add yeah. to it by yeah. saying that I also saw a video. Jian, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make an com- official complaint to, <laughs> to your mom. The the family. I'm going to send the letter. Why are you always so <laughs> not very nice to Reza? <laughs> yeah. Poor guy, he just said the same thing that yeah. you did. Because yeah. he uh, drives a Mercedes, mom. <laughs> that's I don't, that's oh, why. Yeah. Then go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Make you fun drive, of him more. <laughs> just because you drive Mr. Bean's car, Jian, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're less. <laughs> but, uh, but I was going to say, before, I, I, I didn't have like i wasn't really passionate about cars or anything until i made my first uh, a series tv show uh, it's called petrol a web version of it is available online on youtube mm-hmm. see you see what i did yeah. see on there <laughs> I plugged in, in my every, everyone saw what you, you just did, yeah. did? <laughs> nice it's called petrol guys <laughs> people so. pay for that kind of sponsorship <laughs> on this show buddy hey i gotta get paid <laughs> baby <laughs> i gotta get paid somehow so uh he's a mercedes I, he needs to yeah, fund yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after during making that show um and my producing partner is really into cars i got to know a lot of people in the car community mm-hmm. and and the camaraderie and the obsession with cars was just mm-hmm. mind-blowing mm-hmm. to me so having this guys on it was it, it was it, it brought back a lot of interesting memories and mm-hmm. uh and uh, yeah i loved it I very loved curious how you felt about it uh, shia given that you're you're self-described as a <laughs> non-car guy <laughs> Uh, I really love the uh, vibe of interview and the, the general idea about this um, 
uh, Iranian and cars. I definitely feel it. And as Kian said at the beginning of the show, the concept of door door that's that mm -hmm. called that you know they drive their cars and go to like partying with their cars. I mean, mm -hmm. it shows that how we are obsessed to mm -hmm. cars. One more thing. When we talk about something like that and say uh, Tehran, is is that would that be true in Mashhad and and Shiraz as For well? For sure, it uh. it be true, but I it's not. Mm. I, I don't know. I know about Tehran. And there's people listening right there, uh, right now in those places. Tell us. To, yeah. Yeah, tell yeah, us. Yeah. Curious to hear about the car culture and and yes. wherever you're listening to us from in Iran right now. Yeah. Where do you go door door? Yeah, door door. Yes, yes, <laughs> and yeah, and uh, it's interesting that he a little door door with my uh, <laughs> Thai salad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yes. For me, it was interesting that Ali mentioned your interview with Justin Trudeau, and I I talked to you a few days ago about uh, I watched that interview yes. with you, and yeah, it was interesting. Nah, yeah. thank you. Um, and fa the fabulous Keon, what uh, what were your thoughts listening back to that? Didn't I already share my thoughts? Speaking of listening, Aww, Gian, speaking of listening <laughs> to this show. Are you kidding me? No, no, you didn't share yeah, your thoughts. You what did first. you say? I said how like cra how cool that they took their childhood passion and you know <laughs> I don't remember. Built oh, so I don't remember. Yeah. So good. I was also gonna say you, when today you did that. You said yeah, that literally, on this show? literally as soon as the interview was over. Wow, Reza, did you see this? You this see guy, what goes around comes around. Karma, yeah. karma, baby. Say, I really don't remember. <laughs> Reza, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's losing it. <laughs> Guys, this is the end of the show. Someone get Thanks this man some Super coffee. <laughs> uh, thank you. To, did you have something more to say? I was just going to say, even on uh, Anthony Bourdain's show uh, when he went to Iran, if you remember at the end of the episode, um, he went to this area of Tehran mm -hmm. where all the young kids yeah. were driving their cars eating and eating pizza. pizza yeah. And that's it's just a lifestyle built around cars. Isn't that it, you know, there's some sometimes things we talk about in Iran, and I always think that it's like 40, 50 years behind. There was that culture uh was like that's like 1950s america yeah. you know that's people right. hanging out in their cars yeah. and the t-bird going to the malt shop and, even now you know, it's like it's like woodbridge like at the at the strip malls and stuff that's like true come and right. car meets and hangouts and woodbridge stuff, is yeah. a place in ontario that's right oh sorry Canada, woodbridge yeah. is a little city outside of outskirts of toronto this is a global show it's not just in not everybody's uh, listening in, uh, in your neighborhood can, can you ride motorbike yeah uh, oh, can you i I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I like I've ridden scooters a lot, but I but they're a small version of a motorbike. So I don't scooters know. Scooters like you stand on it. And no, 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 no. Like the Europe. It's, in it's Europe. like a Vespa, oh, like Vespa. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Motor Gazi. Oh, you yeah. look like you would fit on a motorcycle with your leather jacket and sunglasses. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He you looks learn. like he can uh, be a cool guy, it'll, but it'll, it'll fit right. your brand. Yeah. <laughs> drives a Mini Cooper. Why? Yeah. Why do you ask, uh, Shia? Out of curiosity. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, will there be any more questions before we move <laughs> on with the show? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Arash Behzadi for helping make today's edition of Rook possible. Arash has an entrepreneur business side. He built a business from scratch that is very successful in Canada in the quality control and healthcare industries. Has a team that he's built in Canada, US, Dubai, and sells worldwide. He's also a pioneer in piano yoga, plays intuitive piano, 
uh, improvisation energy during yoga classes and festivals around the world in Bali and Dubai and Canada and Turkey Italy gives back to his community including the Iranian community for all the love and support he's received so he gives back by performing in a lot of charity events and supporting arts groups and events in the Iranian community including this program he says he's proud to be Iranian born but considers himself a global citizen check out Arash Behzadi at Arash Piano on uh, Spotify and on Instagram. And a shout out to Arash, another Arash, and Anita Fazalipur, who are the founders of MyTerms.ca. MyTerms.ca, a successful mortgage company in Canada. They believe in educating their clients to understand every aspect of the financing being obtained. And they see each transaction through from the beginning to the end to make sure that they are closed with ease. If you're looking for a mortgage, in the greater Ontario region, in Toronto, in the GTA, go to myterms.ca. They are among the best, and both Arash and Anita make it a priority to give back to the Persian community as well. Big thanks to them and myterms.ca. It's Thursday. You guys know what that means? She's a dear friend, a diaspora blend, a tennis-playing sensation, a bicultural relation, lovable, smart, occasionally funny, and on a journey to discover what we actually discovered. Here we go, Bachaha. It's all Persian to us with Kion Nademi. Start this off with a headache <laughs> after Reza's. He's built a brand around <laughs> yeah. this. Like he thinks he, the funny thing is he somehow thinks that people want to hear that. <laughs> Keeps doing it. You know? Yeah, I think he's enjoying his time more than. <laughs> and he used to do it just for this, and yeah. then he does it with the letters as well. Any yeah, opportunity yeah, 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 yeah. gets. <laughs> oh, yeah. He walks in the office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's probably so quiet at parties doesn't say a word that's true <laughs> like, I'm very quiet it's parties. all Persian to us Keon June what do you have for us on this Thursday alright so a few weeks ago I talked about the invention of the Qanat and how they sourced water into ancient Persian cities and quite literally gave life to the ancient Persian empire hmm. well water is great and all and God knows it would be good for the current people of Khuzestan all of Iran for that matter not to have to worry about water supply and distribution yes but what about the most basic human right? The right to breathe fresh air. Oh. How did ancient Persians cool off after a hot summer day in the middle of the desert? Oh. In fact, Iran... Yachal. Well, I mean, that's where they store their food. They okay. can't store they didn't their... Go in they the can't yachal. store their sweaty bodies in there. Like, but I thought the yachal was like an igloo. Like it was like a big oh, building. That's true. I mean, they, could have, they couldn't like, just stand in well, there. Well, it's a hygiene matter, I would imagine. You know, they don't want sweaty, like, okay. people all, right. all, all right. over their fresh meat. <laughs> it's quite disgusting, actually. Um, in fact, Iran's loot desert, or Dashtelut, how do you say that? Dashtelut holds the record for the hottest land surface temperature in the world, reaching up to 80 degrees. Degrees Celsius. That's 177 Whoa. Fahrenheit. Did you guys know that? Isn't no, that interesting? The hottest land surface. In the Dashtelut? Dashtelut, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun fact for you there, Gian. <laughs> Thank you. So now it's true no one actually lives or could ever have lived in the Lut Desert. It's extreme mm. heat and You mean lack. the Dashtelut? The Dashtelut, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That was like a food. <laughs> yeah, in fact, plants and animals can't even live there, let alone humans. Mm. But a few hundred kilometers away, like say in the province of Yazd, mm. the temperatures could also be quite unforgiving. Yet people have been living and thriving there for thousands of years. 
How could this be? C'est pas possible. Just imagine yourself in 40 degree weather without air conditioning. I imagine I turn into something like the Hulk mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. want to kill everybody, but you know. Oh. Well, imagine they did when they invented a solution to the extreme heat in the form of a bodgir mm-hmm. or a wind catcher. Ancient air conditioning. Yeah. Abad gear. Yes, Abad gear. Mm-hmm. Invented around 4000 BC. These Abad gear doesn't work in the Dashtalu. <laughs> well, I mean, it, there's no water there, right? Uh-huh. So it's kind of hard. You need to, water for the Abad gear? Like you can create a, no, you can create a Abad gear, but what's the, like, you have to travel thousands of kilometers away just to get access to water. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's, it's hard to build a civilization there. Like imagine the Sahara Desert. Does it make sense to live there? No. Exactly. So wait, the bug gear. <laughs> <laughs> just love saying it. Yeah, I, no, I want to know. <laughs> love you know what bod gear means? Literally, like wind catcher. Bod. Ah, uh-huh, bod, bod. Uh-huh, yeah, there yeah. you go. I'm teaching bod. you Farsi. Gear, bod me, gear me, Bod Bod gear. Come on. There you go. He's learning, guys. That's it, little Gian. <laughs> I got some bod gear to wear to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so invented around 4000 BC, these ancient air conditioning structures quite literally blew a breath of life into Persia. Ooh. It was a matter of life and death in those unforgiving hot summer months. After all, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. So this ancient cooling system consisted of a tall chimney-like structure rising up from the corner of a structure with tiny vertical openings. The structure openings. rises from the structure? <laughs> like the house, let's say. Fine, it's a yeah. structure from the structure. <laughs> How else do you say structure? Uh, building. Yeah, building, maybe another word. Okay, so, yeah. building. So, the stru- yeah. so the tall structure comes out from a structure. From the- <laughs> <laughs> All right, imagine like is the, a- <laughs> Is the tall part the bug gear? Yeah, there All you right, go. Right. And so there's tiny vertical openings on several sides of it at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's from these openings that the wind enters and passes downwards to refresh the interior of the house. Oh. And with the pressure difference inside the column the hot air flow naturally goes up while the cold air goes down and the space inside the column this is, is like the, the basically open your windows opening some windows uh, like uh, well if like it's it. if it's hot if you're living in a hot climate and you open the windows you just have hot right like air right. so they but if you have a bod gear there you, you, you go. open the windows up top and exactly the, uh, the air comes down exactly and right. and they actually would position it uh depending on like i know in yazd it's surrounded by mountains so there's no um sand entering through but in some cities where they didn't have the protection of a mountain mm-hmm. um that you know to prevent sand coming into the openings they mm-hmm. would position mm-hmm. it a certain way where the wind wouldn't blow uh sand right. into the structures the yeah exactly yeah. and so the space inside the column is divided by ranges of bricks which is another way to accelerate the movement of airflow quite genius isn't it Mm -hmm. and in most cases a water pool was usually located right under the columns creating a natural evaporation which also cools down the temperature of the room by around 10 degrees there you go survival uh it even worked in the absence of a breeze like i mentioned creating a passive ventilation inside the buildings so this genius invention so this genius invention even doubled up to cool lower-level storage units, or shabistans, where food could be kept during the hot summer months in the absence of a yachchal or a fridge. You know, mm. not everybody could afford a yachchal, right, so right, there you right. go. They, 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 for their shabistan. There you go, yeah. the shabistan. I'm teaching you Persian <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. So the, the, the most important thing I take... <laughs> making a mockery the takeaway no 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 the takeaway for me is don't build your bod gear (laughs) 
<laughs> near the dash de loot. That's that could be. A, <laughs> is that the takeaway? Show? That's my takeaway so far. Stay clear of the dash de loot yeah. because really even with the bad gear, <laughs> you're not going to have a lot of sand yeah, blowing. That's in there. right. There yeah. So pair it up with a ganot or an underground water channel yeah, cooling God. from beneath, and you are living the luxury life, Ooh. my friend. Well, luxury life in ancient times, you know. Right. So bod gears or wind catchers <laughs> can actually still be found in Iran today, particularly in the cities close to central deserts like the Dashtalut yeah. and all along the Persian Gulf. Right. Yazd, the city of Yazd, holds the title for the most bod gears, which is why it's known as the city of wind catchers. Yeah. It's also the in Yazd. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's also in Yazd where the tallest wind catcher or Bodgir in the world stands at 34 meters in the UNESCO listed garden of does anyone know? Doladabad. I th- oh. you know what? No, I thought I Shia would know this no, for some reason. No, I, I think Shia is learning alongside <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. us. We yeah. we ascribe a lot of things to Shia. That, uh, <laughs> And since Persian architecture largely influenced its neighboring countries, wind catchers or badgirs can be found throughout the Middle East, North Africa, and all the way up to India. Wow. Like with most other ancient Persian inventions, badgirs caught on after the Arab conquest in the 7th century, which helped pass along the creative genius invention to the rest of the world. Mm. And so, as we sit here in our comfortable air-conditioned homes, let us remember our ancestors who had to endure and suffer through hot summer months until they cracked the science of air. They harnessed the wind into their homes and took a deep breath into the lungs of the motherland, ancient Persia. And as you know, it's all Persian to us. Ah. Mm. Did did anybody know this about the bod gear? Yeah, I didn't know that. You did know that? What? That we invented bod gear? Like, did you know that there's such an invention existed? Yeah, we studied it in but when I went yes. to elementary school. That they teach you. Did you retain stuff. anything? Do you remember anything? <laughs> Everything that you said, basically, how it was <laughs> sure. created, and it was called. Yeah, Keon. Has we already anyone, knew. <laughs> has anyone? I, you know, I don't. I've been to Yazd when I was little, but I don't remember it. Do any of you guys remember what it, like? Because apparently they're quite, you know. Uh, I, I remember it looked like a big chimney right. at the top of like houses and, and stuff. So, Steeple. So okay. Unis- yeah. UNESCO uh, preserved the city of Yazd, and there's this push to try to preserve all them because you know it's like an wow. ancient marvel That's so amazing. I know they're turning a lot of them into hotels but of course there's uh, mm-hmm. some issues with funding and whatnot but yeah. uh, I'm like if I ever get the chance to go back to Iran I definitely want to go there has anyone been to the Dash to Loot for mm-hmm. that matter uh, no, Actually, it's a very common uh, site for going there and stay for intent and, and stay oh wow yeah. really yeah. Have oh you yeah. have you been there? Yes, of course. And, and you've stayed there overnight. Oh yes. Oh wow! Yeah. You didn't die of heat. No. Yeah. But did you have a bod gear? <laughs> <laughs> like a portable bod gear? <laughs> you, you set up above the tent. <laughs> uh, isn't that genius, though? Uh, it's, like, it is genius. Like, I mean, really? these are all very. I, I love things like this. I yeah, love and that, they all the tie together. Antecedents to. Yeah. Uh, what would later become cooling right. systems? Right, not Yachchal and Bud Gears. They could all like tie them all together and create mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. magnificent cooling system. Yeah, I mean they always seem so simple. It's like when I say, you, so they invented opening the windows, <laughs> but 
But if no one had done that before, yeah. right? That's uh, open a window. You mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, <laughs> "Oh, look at that air!" <laughs> yeah. But no, no, no. I understand the buggy is not just a, a right. window. It's like a, and so, you know, so a, it had to be tall enough where the sand doesn't come from the yes. ground, right? So but it to gears the bog. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gets the wind. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to gear me some bod. bod <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Thank you, Keon. Another brilliant edition of uh, It's All Persian to Us. Uh, thank you, Captain Reza. Thank you, Groovy Shia. Uh, catch us Monday with uh, a new episode. Well, a, a, a Rook-themed episode. The Champions. Farinaz Lari Nassim Varaste, who's gone to uh, Tokyo for the Olympics with the Canadian National Karate Team. Uh, and uh, Afsun Johnston, the wrestler. That's all coming up on Monday. This is Full Time for Rook for today. Remember, for all things Rook, you can head to our website, rookmedia.com, where you can become a patron of this program. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together each week. The fabulous Keon, Super Patty Saw, Ponta the Artist, Producer Susan, Thoughtful Nagin, Savvy Roham, Sponsorship Sean, Captain Reza, Groovy Shia, and Aurai Mertad. Thank you to all of you out there who are supporting us and sharing our content. Tell people about it and subscribe on any or all of our platforms. If you've not done so already, it is free to subscribe on any platform. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and other places at Gian Gomeshi. In the meantime, Mizunbashi. Bashi.